2: to the fantasy football report, I wrote of his radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week. I'm Blair Andrews. My co-host as always is Hassan Rahim Hassan. How's it going?
3: Man, it's hard to believe week 14's here and it's gone. Uh had a had a pretty rough week of a, a bunch of teams of mine that were pretty okay, didn't secure the bye just by virtue of, uh, you know, a handful of blockbuster performances are now in danger of being bounced. Um, you know, had they made it through I would have said that I'm pretty pretty looking pretty live at at you know making a lot of cash this year. But um uh not sadly not to be the case. What about yourself?
2: Yeah, unfortunately this is the week I think a lot of a lot of dreams will die finally. But um yeah, doing all right in our Sean and my main event we're we're probably you know gonna put up a pretty big score sitting on about one sixty waiting for see what Diggs does so uh should be a good start to the ffpc main event championship i hope and um, the rest of my teams are all terrible so that's the only one i'm even paying attention to
3: yeah it's not too bad i'm having a pretty solid basketball year though and uh so not to jinx myself but we can check in at the end of the season and see how i did for sure
2: uh, let's start off with the first news item. Mike Kosicki caught five of six targets for 65 yards and two touchdowns in the Dolphins' week 14 loss to the Chiefs. Kosicki operated as Miami's main pass-catching threat until leaving the game in the fourth quarter. So assuming he's healthy for the rest of the season, where do you think he ranks um, for the final two weeks of the fantasy
3: season? Yeah, I don't know. Um I've been <laughs> actually pulling up uh the road of his uh from the schedule tool. He did seem like he was the main vein of the offense. Um Devontae Parker left this week, uh and you know, we we we've dogged on on Parker enough across across the show. But um yeah, good luck to anyone next year, uh picking Parker early because he's gonna break out with two or what have you. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> um so but back to Giseki here. Looking through it, the road of his of schedule has um, Miami with one of the softer uh, schedules for the next two weeks. Um, let me just move this down into this range here. Moving around the sliders, playing around the cool tool here, and it gets uh, Miami actually has a slightly um, when you just when you just filter out for just weeks fifteen and sixteen i.e. next week and the week after, Miami mm-hmm. has a pretty bad rest of the season schedule here for the tight end. You know, what I mean, however and 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 that to be said, uh Tua threw the ball forty-eight times and um Kiseki only saw six targets. So I'm not that optimistic that I'm gonna call him like uh T one or low end T one. This is gonna be a highly volatile like t E two, right? Like touchdown dependent or what have you. Because, um, two absolutely, you know, no name guys, uh, stepped up here. One of them was Mac Hollins, who had nine targets, caught five of them for 66 yards. The other one, not a known, no name guy, a known quantity around these parts. We have, uh, we've doubted him. Lynn Bowden Jr., baby, nine targets, seven receptions and 82 yards. I think that that's who should probably emerge down the stretch. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I'm all. All on board the Lynn Bowden hype train already. He is someone I own on, a ton of best ball, uh, leagues where, you know, you <laughs> haven't been able to drop him, you know, 12 weeks ago or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting looking at this tight end schedule. They get Buffalo in week 17, which is a pretty good matchup. And unfortunately that doesn't help, help Gasicki for the fantasy playoffs. But I mean, um, yeah, the matchup's coming up. You know, we just saw what New England did to, um, why am I blanking? Herbert. Um, so, you know, having Tua go in there, I'm, I don't think there's really anything to the rookie quarterback against Belichick narrative, but who knows?
3: I don't think there's anything about, about that. I, I think it's Anthony Lynn, the Anthony Lynn narrative. And this guy, <laughs> I mean, he's terrible, dude. Did you see what they did today?
2: Oh uh, yeah! I mean, <laughs> they just pulled out that win, right?
3: Yeah, but they also had the penalty at the end of the first half, which and they were in like field goal range, and mm-hmm. so sorry, the fourth and one on on Atlanta's on Atlanta's eight, and there was an illegal shift penalty, and then there was a run off, and that was it. No points were scored. Yeah, I it, the the Chargers are just completely out to sea, and that's not to <laughs> say, and and, uh, and I don't think Miami is out to sea. They're well in the thick of things for a playoff spot. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, they're eight and five here. They're actually in contention to win the NFC, the AFC East, uh, which is yeah. kind of nuts, right? Yeah. Um, so going to be exciting to see what happens. And I think they're going to come out guns a blazing. I don't know about Giseki being a rest of season. Yeah, if, if I wanted to hedge, I'll say he's going to be a low-end D1. That's not an independent, which is not exciting, but I am excited for Lynn Bowden, especially if Parker has to miss some time.
2: For sure. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the strength of schedule, it actually looks like it's slightly worse, even for um wide receivers than for tight ends, Miami schedule. So there's a little concern there maybe for Bowden, and maybe Gasicki can take advantage of that in a way but on the other hand it's a pretty favorable schedule for running backs which is um the position that the raiders actually drafted about into play so maybe if we if uh miami decides to use him a little bit more as like a pass catching extension of the of the running game with gaskin if he still has to miss time uh then uh then that could be pretty interesting. But yes, I'm definitely bullish on Gaskin. Or not, I'm sorry, I'm bullish on Bowden. can't keep all these Miami guys straight.
3: Well, Bowden did have a carry today, and he had a pass attempt. There
2: you go. Do it all.
3: Jonathan Taylor rushed 20 times for 150 yards and two touchdowns in the Colts' week 14 win over the Raiders. Taylor has put together two strong outings and appears to have finally emerged as the RB1 for the Colts. Do you think Hines or Wilkins poses any threat to Taylor's workload for the rest of the season here?
2: Uh, I think probably not. You know, Hines was, he was in this game a lot and he even got some goal line carries. He, it wasn't like they were using Taylor and not using Hines. In fact, on one of Taylor's Touchdowns, I believe Hines got a direct snap and handed it off to Taylor, which, you know, obviously is not the best if you are counting on some points from Hines. But, um, yeah, they showed today that these two backs can definitely operate, uh, in the same offense. And, you know, we saw this with, uh, the team Rivers came from, uh, last year with Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler both having pretty big roles on the Chargers um you know this offense is a little different and obviously they're not going to put up 44 points every week but but i think this is encouraging that you can you see these kind of games where both taylor and hines can have a role and i mean it would have been nice to get a little more scoring from hines uh but but yeah i was encouraged by this and i mean wilkins isn't a thing anymore right no <laughs>
3: That's, uh, that's over. I mean, Hines still did pretty well, right? Like, he had a handful, like, he still had, like, uh, let's see here, seven carries, 58 yards. I mean, he's ripping off 8.3 yards per carry. He still had four targets and caught all four. No, this is guy is flexible, especially in the PPR. Um, I do think that you still want the piece of Hines. I think Wilkins or, you know, whatever his name is, I don't even care anymore, is, 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 is completely dusted. Um, and this is helpful just to, just to keep in mind. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor here, um, and as we head into our game, um, I was going to ask, where are you going to be drafting him next season?
2: Um, not at
3: all. Uh, Taylor, <laughs> at all?
2: No, I mean, Taylor, let's see, he'll probably end up
3: being, uh, he could sneak into the late first, right? Yeah, I had him pegged as a first, second turn pick.
2: Yeah, so he's someone who, I'm much more likely just to take another position at that point, I think. But definitely if... Uh, I don't think he's a bad pick at the end of the first, in the late first. You know, he's sort of... He's the he's the kind of guy that we look at his workload and say, oh, this looks kind of fragile, you know, with Hines back here. Um
3: uh, it's like,
2: it's like you're getting, uh, like a good version of David Montgomery when Tariq Cohen was healthy. And obviously, if, if you're Jonathan Taylor, that can look really good. But we've also seen Taylor have some really pretty poor games this season. So it's not like, um, we should expect 150 yards and two touchdowns every week, you know?
3: Yeah, but we've also seen Taylor have like a half of carry and uh, you know targets, and he's been good at converting those. I do think that like calling him a good David Montgomery does him a bit of an injustice. This isn't Joe Mixon we're talking mm-hmm. about, right? Like the poor man's David Montgomery. Um, yeah, uh, be bad David Montgomery. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Taylor is going to be worth it at the end of the first and early second. If you're playing a lot of basketball, I do think you want to get him in your lineups. Um, I don't think they're good. I think if anything else, next year is going to be a one, two punch, uh, JT and, and Hines. And I think Hines is going to go fairly early as well. Like I could see him settling in this eight, nine range. Yeah. Right. And so. Since, so. Yeah. You're saying. Yeah. So? so.
2: No, my question is if you're at the end of the first and you're looking at Taylor or someone like. DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, you know, are you still going Taylor there?
3: But that's kind of why you just want to split your exposure there, right? Mm-hmm. Take them, like, it depends on how much or how many best balls you do. I'm just thinking about it from a best ball standpoint, right?
2: Yeah. What if you're only doing one? You'd do, like, a, a $2,000 buy-in best ball league.
3: Wow. I guess I really <laughs> must have had the money. Um, I'm probably going to take Kelsey. <laughs>
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely hear what you're saying. It's good to have exposure to these guys and he's not, I don't think he would be uh, a bad pick at the end of the first. I just think there are a lot of, there are likely to be picks there that will be better. But I mean, on the other hand, you know, I was also, you know, there were some teams where I was taking like Miles Sanders at the end of the first and not feeling too bad about that. At least, uh, until last week.
3: Yeah, and that's, uh, right, that's, <laughs> and that's sort of where I get interesting. it gets interesting. It does depend on the opportunity cost. I mean, I'm just assuming that we're going to see a, a similar RB heavy start to the first three rounds, just with different names, right? Right, right. And then it just sort of depends on who you want there. Um, right. And so, but like in the event that it's more wide receiver heavy than we think, then, then, then it becomes a real question of who you want. Mm-hmm sure
2: alright before we get into our game let's take a moment for a word from our sponsors thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football but instead of entering the NFL they've joined another league the league of football watchers this football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help.
0: click subscribe, and enter code 2020 RV Radio at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show.
2: And today, we're going to be playing Rookie Breakout or Fake Out. So... First item up, Brandon Ayuk caught 10 of 16 targets for 166 yards in the 49ers' Week 14 loss to Washington. See a breakout?
3: Yeah, baby. And uh, I guess we should probably expand this to second-year breakouts as well, right? Like, why not? I think Ayuk's done enough to be someone I overdraft next year, <laughs> chasing the second-year <laughs> on follow-on production, right, even with the threat of Kittle coming back. I think, and even Debo having an extra year to get healthy. Man, I think, I think Shanahan, like, might be looking for one more missing piece to this, like, aerial offense, but I think they're gonna be going in for it. You know what I mean? Like, this is a really good looking team. Like, and it's a really, like, this is a really good looking wide receiver core.
2: Yeah, it's so hard to tell because it's like this whole team with all their weapons has never been healthy all at the same time. Mm. Even today, um, I think Debo got injured on the, the first play of the game or something like that. He got a catch or uh a carry for nine yards and and then went out of the game. So yeah, it's definitely nice to see Ayu getting these targets and really producing with them. Uh are you at all worried that with like a healthy Kittle, healthy Samuel, his workload won't quite be there?
3: No, it's still going to be there. He was still doing this, even with both of them healthy. You know, like it's just, it really, he plays a different role on this entire offense. He's more of a deep Mm -hmm. mid route guy. So this is going to be really fun to track. DeAndre Swift rushed seven times for 24 yards and one touchdown, and he caught four or five targets for 26 yards in the Lions as a week 14 loss to the Packers.
2: Yes, DeAndre Swift is definitely a breakout. Um, I mean, this game it wasn't even necessarily that good with only only 24 rushing yards, but um I think uh he did enough earlier in the year to really cement his role. I don't know if he'll technically get to whatever point totally needed because he's missed some games, but he's another person that um I think where he'll end up going next year is going to be in a range where I'm looking to take wide receivers, but he's someone who I would I would definitely look at as being a good a good pick. Like he's someone who might fall in the running back dead zone and I might want to draft him anyway.
3: Yeah, it's uh, he's definitely one of the guys who's kind of an exception to the rule, right? Like he just gets so many targets and today was a really bad day for him. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard about the concussion that he suffered and the symptoms and everything. Like Adrian Peterson was saying, he's just not the same. Like again, that's like that's sad and scary at the same time. Because he does apparently he does stuff in practice that makes everyone turn their heads, and he just hasn't been looking like that like that ever since suffering that concussion. The Mm -hmm. really, really sad stuff. So you know, we hope we hope Swift gets better and gets healthy. He's legitimately a freak. Uh, I mean, he's ridiculously good. Um, a lot of those targets, at least three of them, I think came in the final, like after the game was by a lot of hand, but this is a really, uh, stat line, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the touchdown is a lot of deodorant, but you know what isn't yeah. deodorant? The fact that he caught four of his five targets and you know, like that's huge for PPR and he ended, like the game is 15 points. I mean, like yeah. that's pretty, pretty good high floor stuff. That's solid. Yeah.
2: Jalen Rager caught two of four targets for 46 yards in the Eagles week 14 win over the Saints, adding a 19 yard rush.
3: Ah, uh, fake out. Um, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just sucks. And I really, I really am a fan of Rager, right? Um, I really was hoping to throw more his way. Um, I actually had, uh, Jalen Rager over two and a half receptions and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he got two. So, sucks, oh, sucks to <laughs> sucks to suck sometimes, I guess. It's cool that they are using him in both facets of the game as we knew he would. He he is genuinely the best like receiver in this team. You see mm-hmm. people tweeting or like posting about whatever that guy's name is. Fulgham, Fulgham. Uh yeah. Travis Fulgham, or like it. <laughs> uh But um Yeah, so I mean, you know, the reason Fulgham is pretty much sidelined is because he's not very good, right? Like whether whether or not he's better than Ertz and Jeffrey, that who cares? It should be a show. I think, I think he's just not going to get there this year. A lot of injuries, quarterback change, and then just not a, not a great offense, right? Right.
2: Right. So is this a situation that you'd be looking to, um, to take advantage of next year if you can get him at, at some sort of discount? I mean,
3: what's a discount though you- here for him?
2: yeah that's a good question like if he's going in if he's going after like the eighth round i don't Ooh. know i'm just i'm just
3: picking a number no that actually is right. It feels fairly valued right yeah um or so, at least... i mean
2: if he's going in like the double digit rounds, then I think he makes a ton of sense to to sure. keep adding to your teams for um, sure where does he become? too expensive i guess is the question because you would wrong. you would expect you would expect just some you know this offense is going to regress because that always happens pretty much so i mean <laughs> they're not going to be as bad next year as they were this year one would hope um they yeah i don't know i mean you know they win this game with with hurts so maybe he uh he stays in as quarterback for a little while but um you would think that they would have to start looking Rager's way more often, and uh, I would expect them to do that going forward, certainly in year two. So, so yeah, I think he would be a pretty good value still at the right price, but I'm just not sure exactly where that is.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. I think in the eighth round, it's about where he should go and where I think he will go, but that's a little bit too rich for our blood, right? Like for me, I would, I'd smash.
2: In the, mm-hmm. in the, du- yeah. in
3: the early double digit rounds, the second he starts getting into the eighth, ninth, that's where you start to get, get a little bit nervous. Um, cause we've heard the song and dance about the Eagles' offense regressing for the last <laughs> two years now, and somehow they always get worse. <laughs> it's hard to imagine them getting worse next year, but who knows? And, and yet, and yet they will. Um, they, I, they've managed to do it last two years, man. Uh I mean th- there's hope here yet right and it's it's difficult to figure this one out and I do think that there's enough Rager um enthusiasm out there that like, his uh ADP will be higher than our next the next analyst who is Henry Ruggs who got 3 of 3 targets for 18 yards in the Raiders as a week 14 loss to the Colts
2: Oh man I would love to say I mean obviously it's it's looking like a fake out uh no question about that i think the question for me is whether what this means for rugs for his career long term that he has had this dud of a rookie season um i don't the raiders don't even seem interested in throwing him the ball when they could when they could give it to nelson Aguilar and and, uh man, who was the guy who who threw a pass to Aguilar today? I can't even remember all their names. Jay
3: Jones.
2: There you go. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. It looks bad. I mean, it, I think it was good. You saw today he was getting targeted on, like, some underneath routes, like some slants and stuff. So it's not like they're just saying, okay, go run really fast and we'll throw it really far, which – you would definitely want some of that but you don't want that to be the only part of of your game if you're hoping for a a rookie breakout. So I mean, I think if you if you want to take one good thing away from this game, he caught all of his targets and they weren't all just nine routes, so there's that, but it's it's not looking good when when you draft a player in the first round and don't even want to throw him the ball.
3: Yeah, I mean it's a it's an improvement. Um but, <laughs> but, but, but let's see. He missed a lot of time with an injury, so Okay. I missed that. Uh well earlier this year, right?
2: So, oh right, right, right. So
3: right. let's see how this is gonna work. I mean today they did they were fine. It just it was so weird watching Aguilar be like the main vein of this passing offense. Yeah. I I don't know what to do with that. Emotionally.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the one thing – I was thinking about this as I'm watching the game. Like, is Henry Ruggs just going to become Nelson Aguilar? And, I mean, the one thing that's been good about his rookie season is that even though he hasn't been getting the targets, he has been putting up some big yardage on the few targets he's seeing. Like, he's been able to catch some long passes and score. Uh, Has he scored even two touchdowns? Or does he just have the one? I think he has. I don't know. I don't know. All right. We'll if only we could live.
3: If only we could look this up.
2: If only we were prepared. He has two. He caught one against the Jets.
3: Uh, I remember that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah, he's he's getting some touchdowns. I mean, he's had three games over fifty yards. He had that one back in Week Five against Kansas City for one hundred and eighteen. So it's not like he's getting targets and not doing much with them, right? It's not a Corey Davis situation. Yeah. So I don't know if that's good or bad.
3: Maybe he just needs his AJ Brown. There you go. Well, and to be fair, that's a really high standard to set. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, right. AJ sure. Browns just aren't made in a lab. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't that's just come true. off. Uh, they don't just come off an assembly line.
2: They don't. But the next player we want to talk about is pretty close. Justin Jefferson caught four of eight targets for thirty-nine yards in Minnesota's Week 14 loss to Tampa Bay.
3: Ah oh, man, breakout, come on. I just <laughs> you absolutely had 39 yards though. I know. I'm just I'm just gonna I don't know, man. Like I've I've seen enough I've seen enough on Twitter about like Justin Jefferson and people talking about it to where it's just like just shut up. Take the L shut up. You know, like you missed. Like it's okay. It happens, yeah. man. It happens. And and you know what? It's totally fine. It, 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 mistakes are made. Frankly, the Eagles make mistakes at like selecting wide receivers. You know? Okay. <laughs> um It does get me excited for Jefferson next year. Uh mm-hmm. His emergence is a big reason as to why I'm just going to be crushing the season-long Adam Thielen props. Absolutely, took the under on 89. Under, right? Yeah. Uh, under on 89.5 receptions. Um, and under on... 1150 receiving yards, and I'm just trying to see exactly how much Adam Thielen might need to get there in these last three games, but it looks like um, it's going to be quite a few. Um, He's, I, I don't know if he's, you know, and then of course Adam Thielen could go absolutely ham and completely, you know, embarrass me here but he's got mm-hmm. a long way to go to hit that 89 and a half, uh, receiving I mean receptions uh, re- receptions mark um that said you know where are you drafting Jefferson next year and um how excited are you f- for Jamar Chase
2: well i'm very excited for Jamar Chase although it's hard to imagine even though he was better than Jefferson at LSU it's hard to imagine him being better than Jefferson has been as a rookie um so you know as excited as i am i'm like uh i still want to be i still want to be aware that like what jefferson's doing is is an outlier um, it is so it's not like i can say well chase was better when they played together jefferson's awesome so therefore chase is going to be even more awesome
3: and he, he could be but he could be, man. That's tough. I, that's I, tough. I, I really, yeah, for like our listeners who aren't like totally into college football, Jamar Chase was Justin Jefferson's um, teammate. And my God, uh, I mean, my personal conspiracy theory is the only reason that Joe Barrow really put up the kind of offensive numbers that he did was because of how good Jamar Chase was on that offense.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's so he cool. had Like Jefferson had an awesome season that year. Uh, like 1,500 receiving yards or something and over 10 touchdowns. I can't even remember. But Chase had like 1,820 touchdowns.
3: A true that's freshman crazy. too, right? He was a sophomore last year. Oh, my God.
2: True sophomore,
3: yeah. And then, yeah, and then he did the right thing and sat out this year. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's tough. Obviously, you're excited for Chase, but it would be crazy to expect him to do to outplay Jefferson, what Jefferson's done, or even really to match it. Um, yeah, and then in terms of where I'm taking Jefferson next year, that's tough. Uh I would be happy taking him in, like, the fourth round, but I don't know if he would even
3: fall that far. He shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he, like, I had his fair value bag do that, like that 3 4 turn, right? So the fourth round is completely fine.
2: I'm
3: I think just there's gonna.
2: a decent chance we see. You remember um, going into Godwin's third year, he was often getting picked mm. at like the end of the second at the 2 3 turn.
3: And that was fair and value. I think for that's
2: him. probably where we see Jefferson settle in.
3: Yep. Yeah, I think so. That's probably where, where he should be.
2: Uh, yeah, where do you have him in dynasty though? That was an interesting question. I know Sean just published this article saying that Jefferson should be the number five overall pick in dynasty yeah. last week. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned I had him at as my wide receiver three in dynasty, which at the time was probably premature, but now I'm a little bit low on him. It seems like compared to the market.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was off by saying, Oh, this is a little bit too of, of a hot take. No, nah, man, I think, I think you really. Really want to be on, on, on these guys. I mean, Sean's right, right? Like after you take, um, AJ Brown or DK Metcalf one or two, one or two, uh, you really want to be getting, um, one of these guys, right? I, I can't see. He's got Jefferson earlier than AJ Brown, which I don't agree with. Yeah. He's got DK Metcalf as his wide receiver one. He's got Dalvin Cook up there, which I agree with. Uh, Yeah, I I,
2: think he's got Metcalf, Tyreek, and then Jefferson.
3: uh, Man, this is just pure Sean because like he just has it right. Look, (laughs) look at where he's ranked. D. Higgins, holy cow. He's got, he's got Higgins ranked really high.
2: I know. I traded Higgins to him for DJ Moore in a, in a package. And at the time it was like we were both, I think we were both thinking DJ Moore was a little better than Higgins. Um, like that was the valuation that we kind of agreed on going into the trade. Although maybe he was kind of slow playing Higgins a little bit. Nah, this is me. a little
3: bit too early on Higgins. Come on, yeah, Come probably. This <laughs> is a little premature. Higgins is really good, though. I mean, right?
2: I mean, yeah, yeah. Higgins is really good, and I mean he's still producing with with like total nobodies at quarterback. So, yeah. although today he didn't do much, did he?
3: No, because it was the AJ Green show. So yeah. I mean, if you're losing out to AJ Green, I mean, come on, how good can you be? <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. I, guess I, mean, that's right. I mean, I mean, I do think, I do think you're kind of correct on where you had Jefferson a couple of weeks back as far as like where you'd have him. I mean, if you, if you want to tier this realistically, I think DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, CD Lamb and Terry McLaurin, that's your tier. That's who I'm just going by Sean's rankings here and that makes for a pretty sensible tier one.
2: Wow. McLaurin up there. Yeah, I remember he was in that. Oh, he also had Adams. He also, I'm sorry.
3: He had Adams and a, he
2: had Michael Thomas up there too, I think.
3: No, uh, to Thomas, he's dropped a little bit, but like, um, hmm. Devontae Adams is the one guy who you're always going to overdraft in startups relative to his actual valuation. Try selling, try selling Adams for anywhere close to this value and you're never going to get it.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's someone whose whose actual production is always more valuable. always undervalued, based yeah. on what you can what you can get. In yeah, way for him.
3: Yeah, and, and I know this is the sidebar has gone on long enough, but Devonte <laughs> Adams, Devonte Adams is someone who I have tried trading as part of a package deal for you know young quarterbacks and super superflexes, and I'm always told no. And then a couple right. of years ago, I was I tried to package up Adams and Thielen for Odell Beckham, and was told no. And so it was just a matter of like, well, why am I bought? like you know and back and, and I, I don't have thought know about on that? It. One. Sorry?
2: You lucked out on that one.
3: Right. And but like it's but it's <laughs> always like it's never like 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 uh back and I have had this conversation. He's like, Why are you trying to sell Adams? And I'm like, it's almost like a Rorschach because no one's ever gonna accept it. Yeah. Like like mm-hmm. uh like you're always sending out these like um uh you know, like uh in the off season I was trying to package up Aaron Jones and Chris Godwin for um, Kyler and then people said no, then I tried packaging up Adams and Aaron Jones for, uh, Kyler and people were like no. And it's like, alright, why don't you go ahead and keep rolling out your, your crappy whatever, um, whoever you have under, like, you know, on, on, uh, as a running back one and go ahead and play Cole Beasley as your wide receiver one again, like just, just gonna go well for you and like these people just never make the playoffs and they're always are asking why am I not doing it right. That's their problem, not ours, right? Um, But, uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson deserves to be this high. He deserves to go early and redraft as well. And um, I'm very excited for him next season.
2: All right, let's move on to regular news item number three. Mitchell Trubisky completed 24 of 33 passes for 267 yards and three touchdowns in the Bears' Week 14 win over the Texans. Um, given the talent that Trubisky is surrounded by, do you think he is going to be able to put up QB1 performances the rest of the season? Uh,
3: going to go back to this, uh, pull up the road of his schedule streaming app. It hasn't steered us wrong yet. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but I've just been using, uh, the rental schedule streaming app for my DFS plays and it's been pretty good. Um, I didn't have the spine to click on David Montgomery today. and he went ham. So uh, that's on me. Um, Let's take a look here. Next two weeks are going to be interesting for our for Mr. Trubisky because he gets Minnesota, then Jacksonville. So I'm going to say, yeah, I do think he's going to be a a QB1 for the rest of the season. He's clearly more talented than Nick Foltz. Uh, he was able to hit, you know, what's his name? Alan Robinson for quite a few big games, uh, gains today. And last but not least, um, my own personal favorite here. Where'd go? Chicago. Yeah, they put up 36 points. Montgomery went off. Robinson went off. And then Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney are putting up numbers. What are your thoughts on both of those guys from a dynasty perspective?
2: I'm pretty bullish on Komet. Um, have been all season kind of just waiting for him to, to really come on, although I didn't even necessarily expect it to be this year. Um, Mooney is interesting. He's someone who is kind of, kind of a sleeper that we've had our, had our, we've kind of been covering him for a long time, um, through the, you know, some of the Debbie stuff. And, um, you know a small school guy who looked like he might have a chance to to do something in the NFL so it's nice to see him actually actually producing um yeah it's so hard to say with these guys like i think what what we've seen from them where they'll have a big game and then kind of disappear i think that's going to be the norm uh, i mean especially over the next few weeks you know one thing that's interesting <clears throat> The Bears play Minnesota next week And what looked like A pretty weak Vikings defense For a lot of the beginning of the season Particularly for wide receivers I mean By now, by week 14 It's actually looking like a uh, Kind of a tough matchup for Quarterbacks So Yeah, I mean these things change quickly So I don't know that I would necessarily Expect a huge outing From trubisky and the bears offense again uh you know outside of alan robinson i think it's pretty hard to trust a lot of these guys so that's that's kind of how i'm approaching this whole offense although i do like montgomery which is weird to say
3: (laughs) yeah um, it's tough, right but it's going to be an interesting time i think for the bears and the bears faithful uh, at least uh, from a fantasy perspective uh, here's a, n- another guy, Left for Dead, um, and you mentioned to him at the top of the show was Miles Sanders, who rushed 14 times for 115 yards and two touchdowns in the Eagles' Week 14 win over the Saints, and he also had four receptions for 21 additional yards. You know, it looks like the switch over to Hertz like, it really did the the trick here for the Eagles. Um, you know, what is your outlook for Sanders and the rest of the Eagles' offense for the rest of the season?
2: Yeah, big big turnaround from what he did. In week thirteen, I think um, I guess the switch over to Hertz has made a difference. Although, like we were mentioning with when we were discussing Rager, it's not like the offense as a whole looked all that great. I mean, Hertz was fine. Um, Sanders had like one eighty-two yard run that enabled him to pick up most of his yardage, um, but he did look pretty good. Outside of that, I mean, you know, Goddard had six targets and caught four of them. So he had an okay game. Not that great. But really, um I think what you're encouraged by is the fact that Sanders got those five targets, even from Hertz, who ran the ball a lot and who you, you normally think that uh, rushing quarterbacks don't target running back so much. So it was good to see that Sanders was still getting those targets. I think that's going to be big if Hertz remains the quarterback down the stretch. And I think, I think obviously that what Hertz does with his legs gives them a dimension that Wentz wasn't able to, uh to give them, especially since uh his injuries. Um So yeah, I think there, we probably should, I think the, the offense could be better as a whole from here on out for sure with Hertz under center, which would help Sanders. So, uh, I guess I'm, what would you call that? Cautiously optimistic?
3: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he had like, he had a, quite a few big plays, including the longest run ever of his career. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we shouldn't really expect a hundred, I mean, 115 yards. Most of them came on this 182 yard carry. Right, not great.
2: <laughs> right, uh, but still, you want players who can run, who can yeah. put up eighty-two yard carries, like absolutely. Uh, you you know that you realize this when you have to start J D. McKissick every week.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, because like there's no, there's no, <laughs> no chance J D. McKissick's ever putting up a thirty burger.
2: Right, he gets he gets ten targets a game and still can't manage to score more than seventeen fantasy points.
3: Yeah, I know what you mean. But I'm anyway, we're talking just, about Sanders. Yeah, just who it looks a,
2: like he's probably actually good.
3: Yeah, I agree with you.
2: Um, yeah, Sanders is someone I mentioned before who I had drafted on a lot of best ball teams, even at the, at his cost, which for most of the offseason was, kind of early second round. Um, assuming, I mean, I don't even know where he'd go. I expect it would be right around there again. Um what are you doing with him next year?
3: Oh, fade. I'm just not taking him there. I'd rather take JT, right? Like that like that's the thing. Mm -hmm. I think if it's like a toss up between Sanders and some of these rookie guys who we expect to see going that early. Just give me the give me those guys instead, right? Like we've we've already done this with Sanders. We've seen this happen once with Mixon. Uh well more than once with Mixon, right? It's just I would much rather (laughs) I'd much rather Split my exposure across like a handful of guys. I'll take some, some Sanders, but like he's going to be really, like really more so someone who I'm just not going to take there for the most part, right? Like I'm just going to split his positioning with the other skilled positions and also the running backs. I really just mix it up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think these next few weeks, assuming Hertz is the quarterback for the rest of the season, I think they could be really instructive because if he's, doing some kind of poor man's Lamar Jackson thing and Sanders can be even like 2019 Mark Ingram but with some more targets then maybe that's pretty attractive even in the second round.
3: Mhm. Yeah, I
2: but yeah, I hear you. There he, are some there are some rookies who are looking pretty exciting.
3: Yeah, and I mean if you're going to go running back running back start, right? Like wouldn't you rather have JT and Swift or Derek Henry and Cam Akers or some combo like that. You know what I mean?
2: Um, yeah, perhaps. I don't know if I would, if I would prefer Derek Henry over Sanders, even in a vacuum. That's tough. I mean, obviously Henry is, Henry is a beast when he's running the ball, but mm-hmm. I remain, I remain sort of a Henry skeptic. Which uh, I'm probably wrong about.
3: Nah, I just think it depends. But like, <laughs> but like you really do kind of want that kind of upside. But you know, at, at that point, you know, it just goes back to kind of um, the fact that we were all fans of Derek Henry, and if we've had a handful of bad experiences, now we're just got to ride this, whatever it is, with, with Henry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's it's hard to get excited about Sanders in this offense the way it currently looks. That's for sure. You definitely don't want to be buying these guys in the second round who who could end up uh, just falling flat because they can't, you know, they can't get enough touchdowns. They can't get near the end zone enough. So, yeah, he definitely would come with some risk unless we see. A real substantial change with Hertz at quarterback. The weight is right, finally over. For this football is back. You might not be at a game this year, year, but you can still be, be in, in on the action on at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to Twitter make sure you can HR get in on every possible chance to win this season. By the real From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.